welcome back to Dr. Me First. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Frickin' Aaron Wiseman. And have I got an interview for you today. It goes a little bit longer than my typical, but I think you're really going to love it. I talk with Dr. Giselle Arney, and her word is identity. She's also the podcast host over at Madam Athlete, which you need to subscribe to as well. But we go into it. We kind of riff and come back around make some loop-de-loos, but overall, it's just amazing. So glad to have her and host her on the podcast, and I'm so glad to share it with you today. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Giselle Arnie. It's so great to have you here with me today. I am so excited to be talking to you, Erin. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay. Well, tell all the people out in podcasting world a little bit about yourself and the magic you're putting out into the world. Yes. So I am a sports medicine physician. I've been team physician for D1 universities, pro teams, high schools, you name it. But I've also always been fellowship director and faculty. So for me, during the pandemic, all the game coverage stopped. And I sort of realized that the rest of my job was not not cutting it for me. It wasn't serving the work that I love to do. And it wasn't really getting to be that embedded D1 team position. It was really just, you know, family medicine clinic, ortho clinic, which were fine, but not, you know, for me. And so I had just started my podcast, Madam Athlete. And I was like, you know what? This is it. I'm going to just take this crazy step and I'm going to go do my own thing. And I'm going to do this on my own because I can actually still help support and uplift and empower other women working in sports and athletics or in medicine or in other male-dominated fields to get after their shit and feel good about themselves and build their confidence. And I don't have to be employed by a hospital to do that. And it was terrifying, but also amazing. And so I have since really grown my podcast. I released as the time we're talking today, my 77th episode came out. So it's really amazing. And then last year, I took sort of all of my knowledge and passion for helping to really mentor my women fellows and residents and athletic trainers that I would work with and just anyone. And I built it into an online course, the Women's Career Transformation Academy. And I ran it two sessions. It was so unbelievably phenomenal. I had just the most amazing women come through and come together and kind of, I mean, you know this because you do this, right? You just help women and you build this incredible community. And then we all kind of rise up together and it's phenomenal. So I've just really been having the most amazing time. And I'm loving it. And yeah, we'll see where everything goes. But I'm really, it's just been so incredibly worth it while also at times just like, oh my God, what am I doing? But absolutely terrifying. (laughs) Yes. Scary, exciting. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Isn't it amazing when we like start like towing off the line and you're like, but can I? But, But can I like do my own thing? And like, somebody's going to find me out. And then when you realize there is no somebody, you're like, holy shit, I can do whatever I want. Oh my God. It's so startling. And we're going to, I know we're going to get into my word and what we're talking about, but you know, you have talked about on other episodes, how the path of medicine is just these railroad tracks, right? Where we're just, you have to take an MCAT and then you apply to med school and then you hopefully get into one and then you choose which one you're going to and then you're there. And then you test out all your rotations, you decide your residency and then you're there. And then you maybe do a fellowship and then you're there. And then, you know, all of a sudden the path is wide open, but it's not really, right? Like 
there's this external expectation of this is what it means to be a doctor. And there's like one or two different things you can do. And it's like, you're going to be clinical or academic and the end. And I was like, oh gosh, what am I doing? I am really far off this path. I am just taking a 90 degree turn sideways. What is this going to be? And I loved it, but I was embarrassed about it. Like I was shy about it. It was hard to own it and be like, this is what I'm doing. I have a podcast. It was like, I've started this thing kind of. But the more I did talk to people, the more people I met, the more I was surprised how many other physicians were like, God, Giselle, that's fucking awesome. I love that you're doing this. I'm so jealous. Like I wish, gosh, that's incredible. And I was sitting here going, oh, oh, that's like, it's not only, huh, I'm not the only one here. Other people have these thoughts, think these things, you know, if you don't see it, if you don't know that these other paths are open to you, it can be hard to even come up with them or think about them or believe in them. Or give yourself permission to like go after them, yes. you know, because we like stay in the lines. The lines are your friends until the yes. lines are not your friends anymore. Right. Yes. But even then, I think so many people feel but I know those lines. (laughs) I know how those lines operate. And it's scary to go outside those lines because you don't know the rules outside those lines. You don't know how it goes. You're not prepared for that. You didn't go to med school and residency and a hundred years of training for outside of that. So it feels intimidating. And so, you know, people, people stay in abusive relationships for a very long time because they, they know the rules and the boundaries of what happens. Right. So I'm not 100% saying medicine is abusive. It's not. Oh, I'll not. say it. That's what I was just saying. It's a work abusive relationship. It's a toxic yes. environment. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing how you can see the parallels between like with physicians and like shit hits the fan and things are bad. And then, you know, office manager, administrator sweeps in and then it's okay. And it's the honeymoon period. And then it happens again. Yes. That damn yes. domestic abuse cycle. And and so, yeah, so having creative projects, realizing that you're not stuck. I don't know if you've read the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle, but oh I God. love just the like first part where she talks about the cheetah and yes. like you are a goddamn cheetah. You are not made for cages. You're made to go out into the wild and chase some gazelles down and like not eat for two weeks. But then when you get that gazelle, it is the best fucking gazelle you have ever eaten in your <laughs> life. That is physician <laughs> entrepreneurship, my friend. Right oh, there. Yes. Yes. I I love that book. I love that analogy that she has in there of just like, you are a wild and wonderful thing and you're meant for more than this. And just because these are your lines, right? These are your cages that you see. Yeah. That, that little thought inside of you that is like, God, is this really it? Is this, is this right for me? You, but if you I stay it. here, I get my steak yeah. every night. Yes. I get my steak. Yes. But if yes. I go out, I might not get my steak, but you yeah. might have the fun of the chase and yes. the gazelle. I, yeah. I know. It's like, that's my life epitomized now is that sometimes it's scary as hell in the wild, but then you have the most amazing sunsets and experiences that you would have never gotten in the cage. And I am forever thankful. You know, the one thing that I've realized since I've stepped out of the lines seven years ago And it was totally unexpected, but it was the relationships and the people I met that I would have never talked to if I had stayed in my little bubble here in Southern Indiana. We would have never talked. The 300 guests that I've talked to, we would have never known each other. Yes. And like you're talking about your groups, that's what motivates me to keep going because I hear a new story 
help motivate somebody in a new way. And it's like, wow, if I had stayed small, this would have never happened. Yes, absolutely. Right? Like sometimes you just have your head down. You're just trying to get through and, and you don't, you don't do that networking piece. You don't do that reaching out piece. You know, that was something that I would tell myself forever that I'm an introvert and I'm shy. And so I won't go out and talk to people. And, you know, that's part of that identity too, of like, what are the stories you're telling yourself about yourself? And are they serving you? Are they useful stories? Or are they keeping you in those lines? Are they keeping you in that tiny box and doing the podcast? And having to have a new guest every week and having to reach out to strangers and be like, hi, I'm Giselle. Would you like to be on my podcast? Having to do that week after week after week. Now it's not, it's not a thing. And I will talk to strangers and I will, you know, have the course and I will, and it's, it's not even a thing, but now I have met so many incredible and amazing women who inspire me. You know, even the women who signed up for the course have inspired me and helped me and helped me make the course even better for other women. And, and I'm just like, shoot, all this was out there that whole time it was out there. But once you crack that code and you can tap into it, it expands your vision of what you can see outside of that little narrow set of lines, that little narrow cage that you're in. So it's so important. So important. All right, let's get into your word. Otherwise, I think we'll like keep going down this rabbit hole. Identity. (laughs) Why did you pick it? Okay. I, I think this is so important. And this was some of my struggles, but also what I see and help other women with. And I think there's a lot of different layers to identity. One is when you only have one identity, right? If you are, I am a physician, I am a sports medicine physician, and that's it. And I am the white coat, baby. Yes, right? And that's it. And we know that then if something's going shitty with that particular identity, whether it's the job is terrible, COVID is terrible, your colleagues are terrible, whatever it is, you know, then your entire being is miserable. If that is a piece of your identity, but you're also a gardener or a reader or an exercise enthusiast or a whatever, like, you know, all these other identities that you could have. If you have also importance in those other areas of your life, we know that it helps you be more resilient when things change. And like, it just gives you more energy because you have different places to fuel you than just that one place and putting all of your energy, motivation, and fuel in that one identity as a physician. And I think like we talked about those deep train tracks is just training you to say, this is who you must be this physician, the end, like that's it. We're just trying to weed out the rest of your life, you know? And unfortunately with training, it can, it can swallow you up. And for me, it was like those different parts of me just like drifted into the abyss and and it, it was so isolating you know, why would you, in your financial world, you would never put all your money in one place. You would, of course, diversify. So why would we, why do we do that with our most important, like, best self? Why would yeah. we put it all in one place? Now, I think you could spread yourself too thin if we're going along with the analogy, but like really identifying like what's most important to us and that's where it's going to go. And that's going to be different for every single person. Yeah. Like I'm here in Southern Indiana. We like us some farm ground, but that's not what the middle of New York City is going to be, you yes. know? And so I think like you were talking about when we put everything we have into this one identity and then when it crashes down around you, like it did to Mm -hmm. me, 
it's like, oh, shit, what do I stand on now? Yes. It's just like traumatic and devastating and grief stricken. And and if you have multiple identities, it doesn't mean that it wouldn't be traumatic and a loss if you did lose that identity. But if you have all of these other pieces of you that are important and that fuel you, then it's it's you're going to have that resiliency to get through in a way that you just won't. Like you said, if all your eggs are in that basket, if everything you do is just in that one thing and you let that define you. Did you have to go through identity clarification for yourself? It was a series of processes, to be honest. My first job, I had been there for several years. There was a chance to be promoted. And I had been doing that on an interim basis for almost like two years. And they hired someone else. And they told me in when they told me they didn't give me the job, that it was because it. they said, everybody wanted you. Like all the people you're working with said, you'd be great at this. You, you've been doing it for the last years. You'd be great. But if we hired you, then we'd have to do another hire. And by hiring this other person, now we're done. And we don't have to do like a whole second search process. And I just about died. Like I just about, cr- I mean, I did crumple into some depression, you know, because I had been taught that you work hard and you do good work and you will be rewarded and that people will notice you put your head down, you do the work and it's going to be rewarded. And, and it was not true. And it was like this, it was this massive giant, like, Hey, life isn't fair. You fucking idiot. Like that's not how life works. And I just, I, I was, it was really, I can't even describe how psychologically difficult it was for me in terms of it just upended my world of that's not how the world should work. And why am I even trying? Why am I even putting all this work into things if it's not going to be based on my effort? And, you know, and so I I kept pushing through, got another, you know, I was like, all right, fine, fuck you, get another job, right? You know, didn't work out, had another job, toxic workplace environment, miserable. And like literally when, when COVID happened, one of the things my husband and I would always joke about is that I have no hobbies. And it was just this constant joke. Like he has all these hobbies, does all these cool things. And I don't. And and partially it's because as the life as a sports medicine physician, I was doing game coverage, evenings, weekends, early morning meetings, lunchtime meetings, you know, weekend hospital meetings. And like part of it was there wasn't time. And part of it was that I I just had dropped everything. And then um, when the pandemic happened, all of a sudden I had evenings and weekends free again. And I just had like an eight to five job. I was like, what? Huh? What is this? What do you do with all this? And it took a lot of time to figure out who am I? Who am I if I'm not being a team physician right now? Like, who am I if this isn't what I want? Like, I thought I had my plan. Five years out, fellowship director. 10 years out, head team physician. 15 years out, president of AMSSM, the American Medical Society for Sports Medicine. 20 years out, I was going to be the editor in chief of. British Journal of Sports Medicine. Have my plan. Two years in, I was fellowship director and head team position. <laughs> and like, I just, it was so weird to go, is that still my plan? Is that what I want to do? And when I looked back to go, who am I? What do I love to do? From the medical side of things, yes, I love working with college athletes. That's my favorite clinical population. But even a step deeper than that, it's that I love to work with early career young people who are figuring their shit out. And I love to mentor them to help them 
be empowered, to be their best, most awesome, badass self. And that's figuring out what your unique values are, your mission and vision. That's getting after your goals. That's getting after, you know, what matters to you. That's figuring out how to negotiate for yourself, how to stand up for yourself. And that's the stuff I was passionate about. And so that was really became the podcast, became the course. And all of a sudden, now I'm a container gardener. And now I like have these other crazy hobbies that I just never had before. And it's made my life so much better. But it is still a whole mental game to go, am I done with medicine? Am I going to go back to medicine? If I go back to medicine, how is that going to look for me? Because that identity piece of who am I when that one thing is just not working out, (laughs) like when that one thing is not it. It's difficult. So difficult. It's so difficult. And so, you know, longtime listeners of podcasts will know like my story behind, but that's exactly where I found myself is early career, family medicine. I don't think I can do this. But then looking around and being like, but then what? Like, what, what do I do? And part of my identity journey way back in 2014, I realized that I wasn't put on this earth to be a doctor. I wasn't put on this earth to just be a mom. I wasn't put on this earth just to be a friend. I was actually put on this earth to be a healer and that there were thousands of ways to do that. And like you, then I went a little bit deeper. And then I was like, you know what I really love doing is I love, and this is what I thought at first, talking with other female physicians who are at the bottom of the barrel of burnout. But I have a new iteration now amazing new job. And what I've realized is I just love finding people at the bottom of the barrel, giving them a huge hug, giving them a shot of hope and inspiration and letting them know that they're going to be okay. And so, you know, I'm doing addiction medicine now. And that's exactly where you find people. Yes. Is at the bottom. And I have second year medical student love. And I I love what I'm doing in coaching too, the same way people come to me who are at the bottom of the barrel of burnout, who are like, I cannot do another day of my life. Like I'm moving to Tahiti and like running away from my student loans because I yes. cannot do it. And I think that is what we have to really narrow in on. And that's what I would encourage any medical student or resident or hell, any 60 year old doctor who is still trying to figure out their yes. identity is not the title But it's like, what's the sentence? What's the phrase that like lights you up? And like I said, I'm a healer who likes to go all the way to the bottom and help you back up. And you are the person who you want to find those young people who are just on the cusp of like making it out into the world, but helping them find their path that may not evidently be the one that's been planned out for them all along. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad you're recording this so I can just take that little sentence you just said. I'm just going to tag that on my website. Post it. For that. Bam. <laughs> Boom. Right but there. Like, I love it because that. so the identity piece is not just that you're wrapped up in one thing, but the second piece to it is I think exactly this. It is not a one-dimensional, you are a physician and a physician specifically as invented by a white man a hundred years ago, Right. Like you might be a sports medicine, I might be a sports medicine physician, somebody else might be a sports medicine physician. And the work that I love to do is to work with college student athletes who are on the cusp of figuring out their independence, trying to take care of themselves, but they're not really totally independent. And I love helping them like start to feel how they can take control and ownership of their own health and well-being and their future path. 
And somebody else might be a sports medicine physician, but their version of a sports medicine physician is one who works to promote equity in sports and access for underserved populations because that's what they're passionate about. And so like even within your identities, what is the full sentence or the full paragraph of your identity to say, it's not just that I'm a physician. You don't have to not be a physician. I'm not saying give it up, but I'm saying like, what, what kind of a physician are you? Are you the physician who is a healer who meets people at the bottom of the barrel? Are you the kind of physician who is always learning? Are you the kind of physician who is teaching those around you? Like there's so many different ways to be. There's so many different paths that even if you're doing good old clinical medicine, like regular, I'm in an office practice, like things look quote normal, you still are such a unique and amazing person and have such an incredibly unique approach and you have your own values, you have your own mission and vision, and those all come into your identity. And when you can see those pieces, then I feel like it just coalesces into this greater whole that helps you have ownership of your career and what you're doing and and gives you more of that just fuel and hope and momentum to go, yeah, this is it. Like I'm here. Yeah, it's what true fulfillment is. Yeah. You know, and I would add on to that because I'm like gravitating into mid-career. It's also giving yourself the permission to let yourself change. Like yes. to say like, oh, I did that for a while and, yes. you know, it was good. And now I'm on to the next thing because my family has changed or I have changed yeah. or the demographic around me have changed or the hospital or organization I work for has changed. It's also letting your identity mature with you yes. and not choke holding it to like, mm -hmm. this is how it always has to be. Because I've seen some in-career physicians who are like, fuck it, I'm done yeah. because they're still like holding to what it used to be. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not done. You've got so much more to give just not in this setting. Like this right. is not your place anymore yeah. and it is okay. So where do we find that like transition and that evolution to the next place? And maybe that's playing golf five days a week and doing a half day clinic at the homeless shelter. That's fine. Like that's yeah. amazing. Yes. But I think that's where we get super type A and chokeholdy. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, no, 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 no. Like, I finally figured it out. Like, it has to stay like this. And I'm like, sorry, friend. They lied to you. It doesn't stay like this. Change happens. We were talking about that before we started. Change is just going to happen. And you get to evolve and grow with it. You know, like. Well, and I tell people nothing has gone wrong here. Like, if you can remind yourself, nothing has gone wrong here. This is normal. Shit hits yeah. the fan. Dumpster fires. Shit-tastic, amazing things. It's normal. You yep. did not do anything wrong. Because I think then we go into the blame game. And yeah. like, oh, the what ifs. And I could have. And I should have. And the da-da-da-da-da. And then that freezes you into analysis paralysis, where then you you can't let your identity then bloom in a different way. Yes. I think that's some of the mentors that I've seen as I reflect back on what we're talking about it now. Those are the people who I've watched them transition in a very like graceful way. Instead mm -hmm. of like going, kicking and screaming, they're like, oh, now I'm going to go to Colorado and, and be a ski instructor and work in an urgent care on the weekends. I'm like, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you just see that and, and 
they probably, of course, had their own wrestling either internally or externally. But I think it's just to remind ourselves, again, like nothing has gone wrong here. It's fluid. Yes. And I think you have to be careful, too, about when you're holding so tight to that identity or to that, the way things were, that if they don't work out, like you said, you you start to play that blame game and that you you can take on the identity of somebody who is failing. You take on the identity of someone who can't figure it out. You take on the identity of someone who's not making it work. And then it's that self-fulfilling prophecy of if you're constantly telling yourself that you're the problem, that you're not able to make it work, that you're failing, then your brain is going to look around for examples that prove that that's true. It's going, all right, that's what she believes. Let's, oh, yep, there it is. Okay, yep, that didn't work out today. Okay, that patient was angry at you today. Okay, this didn't work. So like, all right, yep, obviously you suck as a doctor or whatever it is. And if you can find a way to go, yeah, shit happens, that's normal. Nothing has gone wrong here. And I am the kind of person doctor, whoever, who figures shit out. And I am the kind of person who gets shit done. And I'm the kind of person who learns new things. Then your brain is going, oh, okay, let's see. You're somebody who learns things. You're somebody who figures shit out. Oh, yes. I remember when you figured out how to do this. Yep. Great. Okay. Obviously you figure things out and then it cycles back in and you can own that identity in a positive way that allows you to evolve and allows you to move forward when when an internal component of your identity is somebody who has a growth mindset. Absolutely. One thing that popped in my head as I heard you talking, I was thinking about people who think that like going and finding themselves, going and getting a new job, and they end up just doing like a 2.0 version of what they were doing before. I always remind them like, no matter where you go, you take yourself. (laughs) And so making sure that you're not doing like a parallel move, but you're actually stepping into something that you want. And there's always a component of, and I ask my coaching clients, what percentage of this is you running towards something and you running away from something? Yes. And it's never a hundred percent and zero. It's always a breakdown. And it doesn't matter what the breakdown is as long as you're okay with it. It's right. 70, 30, 70% I am running away, 30% I am running towards. If you are okay with that, then that's the direction and it's time to move. Because I think that's part of it when I'm working with people in burnout is like, yeah, your job, I've heard all about it. Yes, we need to like change some things. But also there's that internal component of like, yeah. even if you get a new job, you still are bringing you yes. to the table. Yes. And so doing this work with your identity, really getting in touch with like what lights me on fire and what is a dementor sucking out my soul. Mm-hmm. So important, both in the professional, but also in the personal as well. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It sounds like the logical levels of change. Mm-hmm. If you write that model, so I will do a terrible job describing right now, but it's sort of a picture, a pyramid. They can Google it. It's okay. You may Google this because you know how to figure things out, people. So you can go figure this out. But at the top is like your identity. And at the bottom is the big, broad environment. So if you're trying to make a change, right, it's real easy to fix your environment, but it does the least amount of actual change. Whereas if you go all the way to the top and you change your identity, your beliefs, that is going to impact everything underneath it and have this huge change. So just like you said, you go somewhere else, you're bringing that identity with you. You might be in a new environment, but you are bringing you, your thoughts, your beliefs, your behaviors, your actions, all that's coming right with you unless you've taken that time to kind of go, what is all this? 
What is all this up here? What do I want it to look like? And sort through your junk closet, as I say. And you know, one thing about identity, too, that I want to point out that's so important is when you are coupled, either in a partnership or in a marriage, and you're going through this identity shift as well, and, and like really evaluating it, it's so important to bring that other person at least into the conversation. Because I've seen many of the clients that I've worked with that feel like they've gone through that total shift of like changing, but they left out their significant other in that. And then that leads to like some turmoil. Because if we think about it, we have two individual identities in a larger relationship identity as well. And so it's just like that, like I said, in a marriage or in a partnership and, and also like in our work relationships too, when somebody changes. And I think that's why we hold so tightly of like, well, this is how we've always done it. Yeah. Because then we have to kind of relearn that person. We have to mm-hmm. ask new questions. We have to do like a whole system update yes. on people we already thought we understood and knew. Yeah, that's really very smart. And I tend to not think about that because I have the world's most wonderful husband. So <laughs> I'm just And like, sometimes they just come along. Like Mr. Wiseman, he he just like comes along for the ride. I, I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm super blessed with with who I am coupled with. I I don't know how many people would actually tolerate me. And he does. And he wants to be here. <laughs> yes. But yes. I can tell like going through my own journey and helping other people too, like having those communication skills that like once you find the words yeah. Then being able to not evidently broadcast it into the wide world, but starting in those closest knit relationships yeah. to be yeah. like, this is who I am now. And, you know, I really think it's kind of cool looking at the younger generation. And this is a total offshoot, might be TMI, but preteens and teens now are thinking about like, am I bisexual? Am I heterosexual? Am I asexual? Like getting to feel into that where I feel like I'm very much a kid of the nineties. And I was like, not happening. Either you like in sync or <laughs> Backstreet Boys, <laughs> you know? And so, I mean, I think part of it is just letting yourself go there. Like the curiosity yeah. and the courage that comes with that. Just to say, Hmm, maybe what if type of thing is a really cool part of the exploratory process. I completely agree. And I think sometimes that, that's where that community comes in and having that network and like, for sure, start with your close people. But at the same time, sometimes your close people can be scared for you because change feels scary and they don't want your life to be hard. Well, cause it's going to change their relationship also, with it's you. It's going to change their relationship. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if you've done that big network community thing, maybe you find another female physician entrepreneur and you're like, uh, hey, could we talk sometime? Could like, what, how was your experience doing all this? How did you handle the change in your life? And just, you don't even always have the words yet before you, it's okay to have that conversation of going like, I'm feeling a little something. Could we chat? And you know, that might be a great place to start, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think for sure having those conversations whether you have the right language or not, you know, but I think it's hearing other people's stories. So on my other podcast, Burnt Out to Badass, that's what we talk about is just, I think that you can discover so much about yourself when you listen to other people and you're like, oh, that's what that is. 
Or, yeah. oh, I've been there and experienced it. And and so I think that's a large part of community and why I do this podcast as well is, is the storytelling. Yeah, like we're all type A and we're learners and we want more information and statistics so that we look super smart and stuff. Don't yes. get me wrong. But what really sticks with us is those stories, is those yeah. things that are like, oh, me too. And that sort of thing. And I think that's right. So talk a little bit more about your community, about Madam Athlete. Give us all the deets on that. Yeah. So Madam Athlete, I started it really to help kind of elevate the voices and stories of women working in sports and athletics. And as a women's sports medicine physician for, I think, all of my jobs, I've been the only woman sports medicine physician in the group, in the department. And so having my women athletic trainers and my women's sports psych and my women's strength and conditioning coaches that I worked with be my community really was like, oh, okay, you're dealing with this. Are you seeing this happen? Is this bullshit? Is that just me? And then through, you know, just national society, that was when I would build my community of other women's sports medicine positions and just go like, am I the only one dealing with this shit? Or is it, am I like, what is it? Am I crazy? Or is this not okay? Is this normal behavior? Are you guys dealing with this? And it was so incredibly just helpful to me. And I started this podcast to just uplift the stories of all these women and what they've been through. And what has been incredible and not even on purpose was almost every single episode, people's career journeys take these windy, twisty turns. And we're always like, man, huh? So you look like you have all your shit together because you do, you're doing great. But like, it wasn't a straight line to get here. You were all over the place and almost every single person. And even on paper, when they look like they have the straightest line on their resume, they tell me how they were thinking about this or somebody suggested this, or they almost didn't even get into this career in the first place. And it has been just this theme of everyone taking their own unique path. And it's all fine and it's all okay. And there's different advice and things they've done to help get along the way. And so I think the same thing, when you hear other women's stories, you first of all can go, oh, I could do that. Or you go, oh yeah, all right, I resonate with that. Or, oh, I'm not alone. You know, even if you're just listening to a podcast of somebody you'll never meet, when you hear their story and you resonate with it, you go, I, I feel less alone. There's other people out in the world going through the same stuff that I am. And all right, okay, we can do this. And so that was really the the start was the podcast. And then as I got to thinking, like I said, about how can I take this love that I have of mentorship, of helping you know my women fellows where normally I get two fellows a year. And if I'm lucky, one of them is a woman. If I'm real lucky, both of them are. But the work that I love to do to help them build their confidence and get over imposter syndrome and negotiate for themselves and stand up for themselves, that really is what lights me up more than teaching them about the ACL. I love teaching them about the ACL because that's just fun for me. But you know, if I have helped somebody stand up for themselves, if I've helped somebody negotiate for themselves and to see them go, oh my gosh, I can do this. All right. Yeah, I got this. That is just the pure joy that has me like warm inside my heart to go, yep, this is it. This is what I'm meant to do. And I kept seeing about people putting on online courses and I just was like, all right, you know what? Fuck it, let's go. <laughs> let's do this thing. And I and I just I just did it. I just dived in, dove in, jumped in. I don't know that word. <laughs> and it was incredible. I you know, I learned so much going through the process, but I have 
in the course, it is not specific to women working in sports and athletics. I wanted it to really be for that early career woman who's working in a male-dominated field, which is really so many of us. It is mostly women in sports and athletics, just because that's who I know, but it's also women physicians, women engineers. You know, we have had a bunch of different folks from different backgrounds. And I we work through identity is the first module because I think that's so important is figuring out who you are, what is your mission, vision, values. And then we get into the goal setting. And if you know your mission, vision, and values, and you know who you are, and you know your identity, then you can start to set goals to get after your mission and vision and values. And then we go into the mindset work of that imposter syndrome, perfectionism, fear of failure. And then we do that networking piece because building that community of women around you is so important. And then last, for fun, I get into the negotiating and just like a general understanding of your personal finances, because I think for women, especially to understand your financial situation gives you so much more freedom, right? And I'm talking to you. Yes. Right. And I'm talking to an audience of mainly women physicians. So mainly we make pretty decent salaries. So we're pretty okay. But oftentimes women just don't know, or they're not taught to know, or they're not, you know, explain this. Nobody had like a, how do you manage your finances in high school or college course? Or if you're like me, you walk into the bank and they talk to your husband first and I'm like, oh, fuck no, Dr. Wiseman right here. Yes. A hundred percent. And so just knowing what your finances are, you have more flexibility, you have more power when you're negotiating First, you know what's important to you because you know your mission, vision, and value. And then you know your financial situation. So you can say, you know what? I'd rather work four days a week and have this day off because this is what's important to me. And I'll take a lower salary for that because fuck, man, I'm making enough money. I I know what my shit is settled. But what's important to me is three days off a week because that's just what I need to feel happy in my life, right? But when you don't even know your financial situation, then you don't know all those places that you can be negotiating from. So that's just for fun at the end. But you know, I've built this group. We have group coaching and a private Facebook group. And now I've built an alumni Facebook group. So the women who have been through the course, we can keep in touch. And I'm trying different things in there. We're going to do a book club later this month and just kind of keep building that community of awesome people. And it's been so fun because they've already been doing work to help each other, right? Like one of them helped one of the other women build her own personal website to do that kind of individual branding and how do you put yourself out there in the world. And another one is helping another one with a conference and somebody else is speaking and it's already become a little network and a little community. And it's like beyond my wildest dreams, how amazing it's been. And to see it working, (laughs) you know, I had this little dream and it has really come together and it's been helping and the number of just messages and DMs and things I get of somebody going, I negotiated, I got this new job or I, you know, I did decide to quit and now I'm over here. And somebody going, I got rid of those volunteer activities that were not serving my purpose so that I would have time for stuff that I did want to do. And I feel so much better and I'm so excited and thrilled. And I never even realized I could ask to do that. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Giselle Arney, it's so great to talk with you. Her website is madamelite.com. We'll put all of her links in the show notes so you can hang out with her on Instagram, Facebook, wherever. You got all the places. So we'll put that in the show notes. It has been an absolute honor to sit here and talk with you. And I know we have a lot more conversations to come for sure. I am excited. Thank you so much, Erin.
friend, I want to invite you to my monthly masterclass. It's live. It's confidential. It's a whole shit ton of fun. Let me tell you. It's typically the last Sunday of the month, but check the dates because sometimes I do change things around. Could almost bet it's at 2 p.m. Eastern time. We talk about a variety of topics such as burnout, aka my favorite, being a badass, taking breaks, going outside, student loans, burnout recovery, relapse, and so many more. So click in the show notes so that you can get signed up today and get the emails with the notifications of the date, the time, the link, and all the deets that you will need for it. again, Dr. Arnie, for coming on the podcast. It's just a delight to meet other people who are walking this twisty road with me. (laughs) If you want more, make sure you head over to her website. I said it wrong at the end. It's madamathlete.com or come hang with her on Instagram at themadamathlete. Again, friends, remember you are not alone. You do not need to struggle alone and your life, your calling, your pulse banners. Heavy lids, one, two.